if you use your book as a business builder, every single chapter is a webinar. Every chapter is a seminar. You can create a certification program from your book. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 253. And today, I want to inspire you to become an author to help build the authority in your business. And I've got a special guest lined up, so let's jump in. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier for expert-based business owners. And if you have expertise in something or training or you deliver a service, but you still feel like a best kept secret, then we got to talk. We've got to pull out your superpowers and build them up and monetize them so you can become a highly paid authority. Now, being an author is one way to be an authority. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode. But there are eight key factors that can help you stand out in a crowded market, be able to raise your rates easily and have clients excited to pay those rates. And I want to transform how you are branding and positioning your offers so that everyone gets your the go-to authority. Now I've got a really powerful download available for you right now that comes along with my masterclass on how to be a highly paid authority. And the only way to get access is through this free download at authorityamplifiers.com. I'll also link this up in the show notes, authorityamplifiers.com. I want to show you how easy it can be to transform the business that you're working way too hard in so that you can start serving more people, expanding your reach, getting those coveted opportunities, and being able to charge what you want and need and have clients happy to make the investment. Go over to authorityamplifiers.com and let's transform your business right now. Now, what do you say we get into today's episode? Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we're talking about how to have a book that's actually a business builder. It's not just going to collect dust on a shelf. It's not just going to like be in boxes in your garage. It's actually going to help you build your business. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, longtime friend of mine, Susie Pruden. She's an internationally acclaimed speaker a seminar leader, an author, a TV and radio host and personality, and has been inspiring audiences and groups since 1965. She is a New York Times bestselling author, even before the internet existed, a fitness expert, a hypnotherapist, a success coach, radio and TV host, publisher, and visionary. Susie is a master of self reinvention. At 78, she is the co-creator and president of the Your Amazing Itty Bitty Publishing Series. 
Yes, you have seen her on Oprah. You've seen her on Good Morning America. You've seen her on the Today Show. And now you're hearing her on the Amplifier Success Podcast. The New York Times said, if Susie's talking about it today, the rest of the country will be talking about it tomorrow. And now you're going to be talking about it to all your friends and hopefully sharing this episode everywhere you can. Susie, this has been a long time coming. I'm so excited to have you join us today. Thank you. I am delighted to be here. So you and I have quite a long history together, and it's always exciting for me when people I've known for literally the entire 20 years I've been in business get to join me on Amplifier Success Podcast, and I'm excited to talk about your Itty Bitty Book Series. Um, You know, I love what you're doing so much with this, but tell us, what is an Itty Bitty Book? An itty bitty book is a small book that makes a big difference. 95% of Americans don't read today. And yes, we all need information and we have very little time because there's so much being thrown at us all the time. An itty bitty book is a book with no story. It's just, this is what you need to know about whatever topic you have chosen to learn about. It's a book that's 30 pages, 15 chapters, two pages each chapter. You need to do this, 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 so whatever it is that the the book is talking about. So it's really a book that pulls away, we, we have no story, pulls away all the fluff and goes right to the heart of the matter. And why do these kinds of books help somebody build a business? And and you call it like being a business builder rather than just a, a business card. Like what is the big difference that you're seeing happening right now? I love saying that your book is a business builder, not just a business card. The, the thing with using your book as a business card is that it doesn't do anything. Then. It just, you just hand it to somebody and said, here's my business card. The problem with that is that the person who receives that as a quote unquote business card then has to figure out where you're, who it is and where you're located. But if, if you use your book as a business builder, every single chapter is a webinar. Every chapter is a seminar. You can create a certification program from your book. I had Kat Bonzak created a cannabis coaching program from her book on cannabis. And from there, she created a certification program And now she has a licensed program teaching people how to use cannabis so they use it correctly. It's that distinction between a book that just is a readable book and a book that's a workable book. You can make it work for you. And as you said in the intro earlier, so it doesn't sit in your garage collecting dust. Yeah. I have a book like that, collecting (laughs) dust in my garage. I I bought the 2000 obligate obligatory copies in I think 2007 when James Malinchek told me at a workshop to write a small book which I had never done before and I bought the 2,000 copies and I think I have 1,800 left in my garage I didn't know what I was doing now I do well let's talk about that a little bit because we we talk to a lot of people who talk about writing a book here on the podcast it's a it's one of my favorite authority positioners I think it's a great way to showcase your credibility while adding massive value. So let's say someone's written a book, whether it's an itty bitty book or a traditional book, 
because I know you've had experience with all of them. Like, why do you think authors are having such a hard time selling their books right now? What I tell my authors is the work begins after you've published. Most people who write books think, oh, I've written my book. Everything's going to be okay. And they sit back and they wait. And waiting doesn't work. So when you write a book, and I, I wish seriously that I had known as much as I know now about publishing when I was writing my books in the 70s and 80s. My publisher promoted my book. And so what, I've, what I know now that those of my authors that are out there in the trenches, so to speak, they've got their Facebook lives, they've got their groups, they've got their programs, they show up, they market their book as if it's an arm or a leg, it's part of them. They don't wait for the book to take off, they take the book off, that makes sense. You have to work your book. You have to take yeah. it everywhere. I have one author. She keeps calling various organizations. This is a great story. She keeps calling various organizations and saying, you need my book. And she did that with the Boys and Girls Club. And they said, yes, we do need your book. She said, you need me to come and speak to all the boys and girls in the Boys and Girls Club. And they said, yes, we do. And so they are now negotiating a contract. She's negotiating. She writes on space outer space. And, you know, my generation is watching the generations that are coming up that are going to go into outer space a lot. I'm not, but they are. And so talking to these kids about outer space, she's educating them literally about their own future. And there are four, this is a wonderful, there are 4 million kids in the Boys and Girls Club of America. That's 4 million books. And what she did was become proactive and call. Her next call is to the Girl Scouts and then the Boy Scouts. And I have friends, various friends, who know people in the Girl Scouts and in the Boy Scouts. So we have an introduction. It's so exciting. And then you have the people who say, well, I'm not going to sell any books. I said, why not? She said, well, I don't know how to market. I said, well, what if you learned? I don't want to learn. Well, then you're not going to sell any books. Makes me nuts. So what I'm hearing you say, and I, and this is definitely something, even in the 20 years I've been in business, I've seen a massive shift. And I'm, I'm assuming you, you have too, is that we are no longer able to count on the publisher to move our books to market. They may move some and they may have a bit of a marketing plan, but really it becomes the responsibility of the author to do that. And so how does an itty bitty book help us with that plight you know if we're, if we're going to put a book out like how does that help us get those books in more readers hands well the internet is a wonderful thing and we don't have our books in bookstores i don't like bookstores now i've had i think 11 of my books in bookstores some have done very well and some have not and the, the challenge with a bookstore is that a book that goes into a bookstore has a two-month shelf life before they tear off the front cover and send it back if it didn't sell, which I think is appalling. And so itty bitty books are too small to go into bookstores. So we are, an, we are an independent publisher that markets independently of bookstores. And those authors that go out of their way to market their books with associations, with companies. I mean, we have an author that sold his book to a corporation, they bought 5,000 books to give to their employees. 
So that's the way to go. It's not the, the it's not the same old, same old. I mean, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to publishing my own stuff because it's, you know, I've been, I was publishing in the seventies and eighties. So today, if you wanna be a racehorse, you have to carry a very light saddle and run like crazy. I mean, just race to the finish line. And that's what it is. It's a continual race. It's thinking of, okay, where can my book live that has legs, so to speak, where it's gonna make a difference? I love that. If if you're gonna win the race, you have, wait, wait, I wanna make sure I got this right. If you're gonna win the race, you have to have a light saddle. Is that what you said? Yeah, I was thinking of horse racing. And right. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a racing saddle, but it's tiny. I mean, it probably weighs two pounds. When I was a kid, um, I was quite a daredevil, which I know does not surprise you. And in my summers in Wyoming, they had a racetrack there. And I was a kid who raced horses. And I was uh, the first race I ran. And I had a tiny, tiny Western saddle. I mean, it, it probably weighed four pounds. And the first race I won. The second race, I lost both my stirrups during the race. Oh, my goodness. All I could think of was staying on the horse. But it was a light saddle. And you you want to you want to take the weight off. So I never used that metaphor before, but I like it. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> it's very visual. Like yeah. I think we can all relate to that. And and the um, the having a smaller book is also easier to write because I think it's kind of daunting for people to think about writing a really big book. And I would imagine that one of the benefits of writing an itty bitty book is you could literally write it in a day, if not a weekend. A weekend. A day is a little tight, although I'm sure somebody's going to do it at one point. Actually, my sister did it. She wrote it in a day. She wrote. I could probably do it in a day. I'm, I'm just going to set that challenge for myself. Okay. So <laughs> what we do, Melanie, is we send our authors a how to write an itty bitty book book. We send our authors an itty bitty book and we send our authors a template. So all they literally have to do is fill in the template. When an author follows the instructions and fills in the template, it has taken as little as two weeks to get us the final copy. Um, that's even with the editing process. And I think that book took us, it was short, four months to produce, which is quick. And then we have, we have some people who I'm just getting their manuscripts now after three years. So it's, it's uh, even an itty bitty book can be daunting, but it makes such a difference for a person's business and for a person's positioning. Let's talk that through, like, tell, give us an example of how, where you've seen, I, I know the one you, you shared about Kat, I think her name was, but like, um, let's talk about someone who's maybe a business coach or a business consultant or a life coach. Like, how have you seen having an itty bitty book uh, like make an impact so that it helps them grow their business? Well, I, I will I will go right away to Anthony Camacho, who is a sales coach. He's written six books with us. And his first book, it took he used it to market himself everywhere. He would walk, he, he specializes in automotive sales. So he would walk into an automotive dealer, walk into the manager, show the manager his book and say, he's very, very gutsy, your people need my book and you need my service. And the guy, whoever it was, would read it, say, yes, hire him for a day. Just come in, work with my people, because Anthony works with relationship selling, not the used cars and selling type. So he's changing the face, so to speak, of the automotive industry. 
they'd bring him in for a day and he'd get paid. And then they'd sign him up to spend the next six months to a year working with the salesman to get them up to speed. They would increase their business and he increased his business from 100,000 to 750,000 in two and a half years. That's how you use a book. I love it. And I've actually seen Anthony post his itty bitty book. When you said that, I'm like, oh, that's right. I've seen him post his uh, on Instagram, like pictures of him and his book in his travels or with different clients and things like that. So it's a, that's a really great and very vivid example. And, you know and he, was- he got an, a, a um, two year contract in Australia to go back and forth to Australia eight times in two years. He got a contract to go to Dubai. He got a contract to go through Europe. I mean, the, well, first of all, the guy's a genius and he loves what he's doing, but he saw the value. I met Anthony at a luncheon at an at a, um, A.G. Morishito event. I came in literally a half an hour before lunch, sat down at lunch. We were just getting off the ground and I had all these flyers with me and I'm all excited and itty bitty this, itty bitty that. Anthony took a flyer, filled it out, gave me his credit card, handed it back to me, and I had never met him before. And he said later, he said, Susie, I knew that if I worked with you, we would make this a big success. And I said, yep, and we did. I love that story. Uh, I want to just change gears slightly here for a minute. And I'm wondering, for people who do more stuff online, is there viability in having an itty bitty book that's some type of a lead magnet or something that you could deliver online? Or does it really need to be in print to get the value of it? The challenge is that they can't give it away. In other words, you cannot make a PDF of an itty bitty book because we are the publisher. Right. You can right. take a chapter and give it away. So yes, as a lead gen, it, it works perfectly. And I do have people doing that. And what I recommend is that you take a chapter, create a Facebook live program and read part of your book on it every time you speak and create a discussion so that you get people. The whole thing about books is you want to get people involved. You want to get people to say, oh, I know that person. I know that book. I know that program. It's phenomenal. And so that you, you become active. Books need to be active. They cannot just languish on the side. I love that example. And I'll just say from my experience, something like an itty bitty book is also, we're talking about how it builds your business. Another direction I like to see my clients do it is use it to get in the hands of show hosts, podcast hosts, people who you want to create a collaborative relationship with. Uh, the minute they read their your book, if you're having a hard time pitching them through the normal channels and they see that book and they see that you're a credible authority and they get the essence of your message, that's a great way to bypass the kind of that blockade that happens a lot of times when you're trying to pitch online and get those uh, shows and those podcasts that you're trying to, to land. Not only that, Melanie, an itty bitty book is an outline for an interview. So it, it makes it really easy for the show host, Christine Blasdale, who um, is the fun drive um, person for KPFK and has her own blog out of the box with Christine. She said, and she has her an itty bitty book on podcasting. She said that when she gets two people who want to be interviewed on her podcast, one has a book and one doesn't. 
She will automatically look at the one that has the book. First of all, the credibility is there. Secondly, that guest has taken the time to really build something of their business and the interviews are all there. The questions are all there, makes it much easier for her. So you're absolutely correct. And when I was um, writing books in the 70s and 80s, my books took me all over the United States. I did 18 national tours with my books. I did television, radio, newspapers, magazines. And I got my own TV show on NBC because of books. I was the fitness reporter for the Today Show because of books. I mean, they make a difference and you have to work the book. You can't wait for somebody to find it. Yeah, well said. I love it. Susie, you have a resource that you want to share with our community. Now, we're going to link it up in the show notes because it's not an easy URL to say out loud. So if you know that this is a path you want to take and you're looking for a way to uh, like kickstart writing an itty bitty book or any kind of book, Susie, tell them what your gift is. And then uh, I'll remind everybody what the URL is to get the access. Okay. As a hypnotherapist, I created four hypnosis processes that um, increase your wealth and four hypnosis processes that allow you to write a bestseller. So your, your power is in your mind and your disempowerment is also in your mind. So what these eight processes do is to get rid of the stuff that's stopping you where it comes to writing your book and creating more wealth and to build the mechanisms within that will help you do that. And you know who Greg Reed is, don't you? Mm -hmm, I do. So he listened to my wealth processes a number of years ago and for a month. And he came up to me at CEO Space one time. He said, Susie, I've been listening to your wealth processes for a month and I've increased my, I've tripled my income in the last month. And I thought that's pretty good because he was making a lot of money already. So those of you who are listening right now, you have an opportunity to get my gift and increase your wealth, write a bestseller. And if you choose, have a conversation with me. That's beautiful. And, and so here's, here's a, first of all, if you know, all you want to do is create wealth, this is a very valuable resource for you to have access to, because I know uh, Susie usually sells these types of resources. So thank you for offering them to our community. Uh, and if you want to write a best-selling book, especially an itty bitty book, having the, the guided imagery processes to uh, go through and find that book inside of you and have the confidence to write it and really drop into the groove, that's invaluable. And you're also uh, offering a 30-minute consultation to help people pull it all together. That's really great. So if you head over to Amplify Your Success podcast and you search for Susie Pruden, in case it's not right there, right in front of you. Uh, the link to access this resource will be on the show page in the resources section. And I'm really excited to share this with everybody. Thank you for offering that, Susie. My pleasure. I, I highly recommend that if you don't have a book, get an itty bitty book, get something out there. It is the most valuable way to showcase your credibility and authority not just to potential clients, but to the market, to the industry. It It's one of the things that I teach is like, it moves you out of being one of many and being the go-to expert in your field. So Susie, I always like to bring things back as we start to wrap up the episode today to like some fun questions that I ask every guest. 
And knowing that you've been in business as long as you have, I can't wait to hear your answer to this one. What is the boldest thing you did to get where you are today in business? It's a very simple question, answer. I say yes, and then I figure it out. And it, it, it almost doesn't matter what is offered to me. I say yes. I mean, I sold my first book at a cocktail party in East Hampton, Long Island. And when Joni Evans of William Morrow said, do you have an outline? I said, yes. I wrote it over the weekend and handed it to her on Monday morning as she went back to Manhattan. That was in 1971. When I started my fitness for toddlers, I just said, yes, I had never, I taught my own toddler and I became the biggest toddler fitness program in New York City. So you just have to say yes and figure it out. That's the boldest thing I can say. And it sounds so silly. It sounds so simple. And it is simple, but it's very scary. Well, that means that you have to let go of knowing how to do it. And uh, I post a lot about this. And I've even done entire episodes about let go of how. And yeah. that's what you're saying is the bold move for you is like, I say yes, without knowing how. And that's huge. And you're a great testament to how that works out positively in the growth of your business. Okay, so what's one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Managed my money. Mm, I mismanaged my money for many, many, many years. I had no clue about money. I had a lot of money and I spent it. And, um, and I ended up with no money. And I, I've had many, many adventures. I mean, eight months after being on the Oprah show, I was homeless. That's because I mismanaged myself. I didn't have a team. I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I ended up having a very interest, very interesting adventure. Um, that's another show. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a story for that's that's a, whole a whole episode other right world. there. <laughs> whole other world. But yeah, it's, I, I wish I had learned, I, I wish I had understood money. Hmm. Can I just take that a little bit deeper for a minute? Because I'm sure this is tapping into many of our audience's greatest fear or big challenge in their life. When you say manage your money, like what is the thing you would have done differently to manage your money? Well, I didn't realize at the time that in order to spend $10,000 a month, you have to make $10,000 a month. Now for a while I was making $10,000 a month easily. And I mean, I'd make $5,000 in a day. And, and then all of a sudden it stopped because I changed careers. And the other thing that it's interesting that I learned and I didn't like learning it when I learned it, and now I see so clearly that it's such a, it's, it's, a, it's a, well, duh. When you shift paradigms, now I was at the top of my field when I left fitness in 19, when I was in 1983 and I sold my school as the top of my field. But when I started working in the body-mind industry, which didn't even exist when I started, I was at the bottom. And I wasn't used to being at the bottom. So I did not know how to manage being at the bottom of the new paradigm. And when you shift paradigms, you may be at the top of your game in one paradigm. But when you shift, you're at the bottom of the game of the new paradigm. It's like when Michael Jordan went from basketball to baseball. He's a basketball star. He's amazing. In baseball, he was okay, but it wasn't his sport. He went from the top to the bottom, and then he went back to base, um, basketball again. I did not want to go back to fitness. 
Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is like recognizing that shift in paradigm, you have to uh, learn how to be successful moving into the, the same level of success with a whole new business model or a whole new industry and a whole new like set of skills. A whole <laughs> new set of skills. And the biggest piece is your ego. You really have to say, it's okay, sweetheart. It's really, really okay. We may be at the bottom of this particular industry, but in our heart, we're always at the top. I mean, dealing with the ego is an interesting thing because if it takes over, it can ruin you. And it's not taking over to ruin you. It's thinking it's doing a good job, but it needs to be, you know, you need to manage your ego, not kill it, just manage it. Because you yeah. can't be in business without an ego. And yes. you certainly can't be a speaker or a thought leader without an ego. You just don't want your ego to take over. I love that, Susie. That's so powerful. As part of your magic is the the inner workings of our subconscious and our ego mind. And how do we how do we like basically, and for lack of a better way to say, is like recondition it yeah. so that it can perform for you rather than against you. Yep. That's so exactly because because all your ego wants to do is it wants to protect you and it wants to keep you successful. Hmm. And it exactly. has old models. And we're constantly learning new things. And if you're not learning new things, you will go out of business because business has changed. Uh, I, I mean, since I started in business, my God, 19, how, what, what was 1965? Business was easy. <laughs> you it's just definitely different. <laughs> your door. It's a lot different now. Definitely. We had newspaper advertising and door-to-door sales. <laughs> right. Well, when I had positive changes, which is when I knew you in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, We used to advertise in the Times every week. That was our main source of bringing in new revenue. And I watched that change in 2007. And I'm thinking, this is not working. We better change things. And I I had four or five offices at the time in the LA area. And I started to downsize. My staff didn't understand. We need to grow bigger. We need to grow bigger. I said, no, I don't think so. The money's not there. Well, we need more advertising. I don't think so. That, it's not there. So I was very cognizant of what was going on and it saved my life. Because when I lost the business, finally, thank God, in 2008, because I was a franchise that couldn't make my franchise payments, I shifted from being that big behemoth of a business to a little tiny office in El Segundo. And I made more money in my El Segundo office than I made in all four offices in the rest of LA. So bigger is not better. That's why I have itty bitty publishing. Yes. And you know, it's for many of us, the big growth opportunity is to simplify, to multiply. And you just shared a great example of how that works. Susie, thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing your journey, for uh, sharing such a great resource. Again, I highly recommend you pop over to the show page wherever you listen to your favorite Amplify Your Success podcast episodes. And you're going to want to get that resource quickly because uh, you never know when it's going to disappear. <laughs> People start to move on to other things. So go over to the show page, follow the links in the resource section to get Susie's visualizations and the, uh, you know, I highly recommend you book a session. She's a master at uh, getting published. So Susie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Melanie. I really 
had fun today with you. Good. That's the name of the game here at Empire Success. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com, and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 